this is the way she would be in her natural environment. Well, that's she. She will, and she'll come around because she's come out of a dark shed. Yeah. She's come out into the sunlight, and now they'd normally stop and they start looking and to observe everything. This is the last cattle drive on the N11. My friend George Reeves and a cow will embark on a pilgrimage of remembrance as we symbolically travel the route that was taken by a much larger herd of some 40 cows 60 years ago. Today's journey will take us beside one of the capital's main arteries, the N11, the road that enables vehicles traveling north-south to enter and exit the city of Dublin. Winter, so I didn't really see her too much, so she's back up now. She wouldn't nip at your. <laughs> bite you? No, bite you. Bite you messing. She's lovely. She's <laughs> very gentle. As you would expect, this pedigree cow has a name. Baldonnell RM Cherry, pushing on two years old now. She was, yeah, she was born May two years ago outside. Um, her mother would have been bought in from Italy, a herd in Italy. She's, uh, well, she's nearly two, so she should really be in calf at this stage. This, this heifer we brought here this morning, we had an older cow we were going to bring. She was in calf. Because of the weather and the climate condition changed so dramatically, we brought a younger animal with us. She's about one year and eight months old. She's never had a calf. She's a, a pedigree animal, so she'll have a history. Uh, Cyril Dowling is the man, the farmer, that manages these livestock. Cyril Dowling is a very famous man very well known throughout the agricultural business for highly competitive purebred stock. She's a big, big sized animal as well. The different breeds lend them to size difference. So the size of the animal is important. Cyril likes to hold a particular beast like this, hold her back a little bit to get her more body sized and then let her go in calf. People for financial gain often rush this matter. So to have a very young, a very young heifer going in calf a little bit earlier, which brings on the process of a financial return greater. Cyril is inclined to hold them, look for a bit of body mass in the animal, right? And then lend itself for going in calf, having calving easy then, because its body mass is bigger. And it's much easier for the heifer then, her first calf, to have her calf without intervention of a vet or without intervention of surgical techniques it's much better that the animal would give birth in a normal process. Now we didn't straw the trailer this morning because we knew we were coming into town and we didn't want to drag straw out on the ground. Um, so we just left her in the way you would find her yeah. normally. She's left in that situation of how you would actually see her. And, yeah. and for argument's sake, if today she was going to the market and going to be sold, she would be removed from the farm in exactly this way. She would be managed and handled very much like what we're going to do for today. So we've done nothing with her to impede her in any way. This is what would have happened to her. 50 or 90 years ago, coming off the farm. 60 years ago, she'd have had to walk the seven miles <laughs> on the, on the long yeah. tram lines. Yeah. So it'll have to be something like that because there was nothing pedigree about these, this last herd that uh, came out and had to be shifted. And it was April like this, but it, it was much warmer. And uh, 
we're talking about this happened in 1946 and in those days of 47 was the dreadful year but you were having extremes then you had extremely hard winters and then you had beautiful summers and you had a spring you know April like this and showers and heat and you had beautiful Septembers but it was always more divided in those days and you had bad winters good summers and you had a beautiful April day this is not sort of a beautiful April day but that's the way it was then and it was time for them to come out they were all fed for the last six months with uh, artificially with grains and hay and, and, and turnips and then they were sent out to the pasture and of course this was the highlight of the year for them to, to Hello, <laughs> know that we're going back out onto the grass and there was plenty of grass then generally around uh, April in those days come on, come on. Okay. Right, lads, we'll meet us back in a little while. Bon voyage. <coughs> OK, so there we are. This is, this is like a moment 60 years ago. Uh, yes, the last, the last cattle drive. The last cattle drive. On the, on the Dublin 4. Yeah. Nobody's ever going to do this again. No. This, is, this is the last time you're going to get the, the footfalls of a cow well, yeah. on these roads, and the smell, on these streets. And, and, yeah. Yeah, you get the feeling... But there were 40 of them, you know, they weren't pedigree, I can tell <laughs> Right, we move. We now move out into the traffic. When George last herded cows along this route, he was a boy, and Europe was preoccupied with war. On that occasion, it was not the adventure of war that echoed through his youthful head, but instead it was cowboy dreams from the silver screen that galloped gloriously before him. The bicycle beneath him became a wild Mustang. He was an outrider, a wrangler as he hallooed and whooped the herd along. He imagined the dust of wide prairies upon his lips. In the sweeping panorama of his mind, the far-off Wicklow Mountains were surely nothing less than the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas. They'd be all spread all over the road there. And the next thing, this bend up here, he'd be coming in and the trams were very efficient and they'd be travelling very fast. You could get into town now from here, no problem in 15 minutes from this spot. Um, but, of course, the tram driver wouldn't be expecting this, so he'd come flying around and he'd have to put on all the brakes. It was an amazing braking system, yeah, with the, the big brass handle that he'd screw down the pads onto the wheels. But there was an, also another system, apparently, I don't know exactly how, but there was a magnetic blocks went down onto the tracks and they'd screech when he was pulling the whole thing to a stop. 
and, and there was never any problem but the, the cattle would scatter and some of them would even then just look stand in front looking I mean, they, they wouldn't understand what was happening and they'd, they'd be right in front of the track but anyway there's always uh, the, the driver would always take a, a jovial look at it in the end and let them all go by and to hear the brakes squealing and, and of course the other thing like like the Lewis today they had a bell and he'd stamp on the bell they said it's just as, as if that made any difference because the cows just have, wouldn't have a wouldn't know whether the bell was ringing or not but anyway he'd stamp on the bell and he'd screw down the huge brake and, and wait for them to go by it was quite a strange thing you know but I, th I think there was no nothing like the traffic and if a car came along it would probably be a small little Ford 10 or a, what the forerunner the Anglia or, and Morris Miners in those days little Morris Miners they'd be only doing 30 miles an hour anyway so they'd have no great difficulty in stopping they'd see the herd and it was um, again they'd hold up the traffic for a bit but they they would have to go on either side of the tram lines but it was pretty grim. Was this an adventure for you, George, when oh, you were uh, as a young yeah. man, a young boy? Oh, well, yes, I, I, I was always interested in this. But, of course, I didn't particularly want to get up at that hour very often. But it, it was exciting to, to see them all go. And it was also a kind of a start of the year because th this period was over of winter. And there were now, it was springtime, the cattle had gone out of the, out of the yard and there was time to paint and repair and repair cars and so on. But the, it was just, oh, it, was a, it was a very exciting time. It was generally around Easter. And, uh, it meant sort of the whole season was starting up again. Everyone was happy and things were beginning to grow and plant the garden and so on. They, they planted vegetables there. Uh, as a result, of course, the war, the austerity then, everybody was trying to do their best by planting and growing their own vegetables that doesn't happen today but the strange thing I guess but the joke is that when you see today the the cars with the bull bars uh, the, the SUVs with the bull bars I mean it's, it's ridiculous they, they might have been needed in 1946 uh, when the herd the cattle drive was on but they're certainly not needed today because this is the only cow that's probably ever walked along here now in the last 20 or 30 years. Maybe more even. They, they all, all the dairy men, it was the name they got, the title, would have uh, various places. One would be uh, Sandymount, the other Donnybrook, Booterstown uh, up here, and then uh, I think Stradbrook and, and Cabantilly and so on. But they would, they, these, my uncles only went to, uh, to perhaps the Strand Road, um, down to Aylesbury Road, Merlin Park, um, Shrewsbury Road, Aylesbury Road, and of course these were the choice places, and then along Merrion Road here, and then another uncle took over about here, and he went on out to Monkstown, uh, and Sea Point, and uh, sort of the, the back roads, so just up to about the uh, Deeds Grange Road. Then another man would take over then. You know, there was, there was never any problem. They all sort of just had their piece that they did and they 
there's never any aggression there. Then, then Tellard Keeper started. That was a, a became a rather large one out in. Uh, uh, um, oh, just near Monkstown, above Monkstown there, Tellard Keeper, and they 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 got fairly big, but. They were on very good terms with each other, and there was never, as I said, any problems. No turf wars. No, no turf wars. No, no milk wars. No. They would actually move much faster as they got out towards the country and saw the fields, and uh, got. And I think they knew they were getting closer to their destination, and uh, a beautiful summer of grazing in open fields. I always felt that anyway, but they'd be very slow along here, and then. The, the journey was still was a long way to go. Would they establish pecking order? Would they have to re-establish it all over uh, again, or would the old uh, pecking orders just naturally uh, fall into place? Well, it was, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think I think the older ones would sort of lead out, but I never was conscious of uh, 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 any difficulty. I think they were all quite a little bit surprised and maybe a little confused at this stage, and they weren't falling in. I think it would be when they'd be out on pasture that they would know who went in to the milking first. I think they, they would set up a pattern then. But along here now, I think they were more concerned with the, the novelty and the uncertainty of where, where were they going? What were they doing? Uh, we attracted a few peculiar glances here this morning. Oh, yeah. That, but does, do you, know you were saying about producing a silage very quickly with the yeah. machine. Oh, yeah. But that's out of the question in those days. Oh, you, no, know. Just, you just couldn't. I, then, I, I would love to bring a man back from that time yeah. and put, let him have a look at an, oh. a, a, a modern setup today. Yeah. And a modern setup today versus, I would say, 10 people working, one and a half units. That's one and a half men would run that farm today. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's I incredible. Would. Yes. You know. Oh, with the machines. Yeah. Uh, everything was so so difficult. I mean, the mowing machine, like for cutting the hay, yeah. like it was just a simple mowing machine, and then you had to have a the, the rake coming along behind it to turn it, and then you had was it a swarf turner to right, put, put it into, into, a, into a row. Yeah. And then they'd have to be hand-raked and made into cocks. Indeed, I remember pulling the butts of the yeah, cocks right. where we'd have to pull the butts in case of rain that's but the water didn't go in under them. Yes, that's right. And sure, even in those days, they were making ropes, hay ropes out of that's hay. That's right. You'd you had to sit down and uh, we'd do that. That's right, like twist them around and pull them the over. And, and, oh, and tie it in. And, yeah. then, and then they had to be hand-delivered up onto the, onto the horse, yeah, yeah. these big carts. He had very heavy carts. They reckon they nearly had 30 hundredweight up on them. This yeah. is the difficulty of getting them up that lane we saw down there. But um, they all had to be brought out and, and, and loaded. They used to bring the hay out of the field on, on, on flats. Uh, bogies. With bogies. And bring the bogey to the edge where, where the horses would be able to stand yeah. on the hard ground. And then, and then they'd have to be loaded and packed. Yeah. I remember Pat would get up and he'd pack each bundle of hay, roll it up and put it out here and here, and then he'd fill in the middle. Then it had to be roped. And then finally it was my I got the job of sitting up on top and you were quite a high height yeah. up. It was a great view. Great view, <laughs> but you were a long way from the from the horse. I always got the quiet one anyway. Yeah. And they'd stop out here in Cabin Tealy and yeah. at the horse and hound for a pint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, where we're seeing the demise of farming in yeah. this country, we might live to regret it in future oh, yes. times. Oh yes, yeah. Oh, we would. I think we would. They were talking about that this morning uh, on, on the farming programme. Yeah. 
just how it will go. But it's very hard to project yourself back at this stage, 2006, um, to 1946. You realise what a different world it was, and this was the, the time that these animals were being uh, hunted out here, and this was, was taking place. Yeah. And imagine the idea of 40 cattle going along here, and you can't imagine it really. But uh, it was done, and uh, done very, very. Well, not alone that, the cattle drovers they had a method of doing these type of operations. They equally would always have a good dog, a cattle dog. Yes, yes. And the right. cattle dog was a rover or a rally. Yeah. And they'd be here over and here rally and go out there yes. rally and yes. stuff like this. Yeah. And you might have four fellas and two dogs to the equivalent of 12 people. Yeah, yes. That's right. But that, the, the un, that, that was true. But the dogs, you see, this was such an unusual thing happening once a year that... Uh, you, you didn't get a dog that would sort of be trained to do this. It wasn't a daily yeah, job, yeah, of course, yeah, nor yeah. was it even a, a weekly job. Yeah. This was quite an event when, when you had to really make get everyone up real early in the morning and yeah. get the ca get, get the cows milked before they set off at all yeah. and, and fed. And um, it was amazing, like the the, the, the volume of work of the, that went the, on the to the do no this. The novelty as well, and another thing yeah. as well with cows when yeah. they're herded. Yeah. They instinctively often remember when they're on the move and they're going somewhere. Yeah. If they recognise where they're going, yes, it's much easier. That's so right. if there was cows kept in that herd that had made that journey before, well, yes, their memory would click into place as soon as they'd get out on the road and start walking. Yeah, I just always felt that at a certain time, once they became used to being let out, that yes. initial thing you said, they had to adjust to the light. Yeah. But after a while, they began. Something began to tell them that this is. There's a very happy ending to this. You're yeah. out on the pasture, yeah. and yeah, we mentioned that earlier. But I, it's true that they did get to know, and they actually moved better. This was the difficult part, he yeah. said, because they weren't used. But as they got going and got out further out beyond Black Black Rock here, they began to achieve. We are talking about in 1940. Oh yes. We're talking about the relationship that man had oh, with yeah. animals. Yes. Well, I would maintain the relationship then that man had with animals was a real relationship. Oh, certainly. The relationship that man has with animals today is a different type of relationship. Mm -hmm. Now, are we better off or are we poorer as a result? I'd say as individual people, we're definitely poorer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the way we handle, and this one day might come back to bite us. Yeah. Because you're seeing all sorts of things we're dealing with today that you would not be dealing with them. Yeah. And maybe, we are maybe better off to decentralise farming, to stop farming being looked on as a profitable thing. They're oh, talking about yeah. farmers today that the most probably are going to farm for pleasure, yeah, produce yeah. stuff for pleasure. If they do that, it's going to be easier on the environment and it's definitely going to be easy on the animals. Oh, yes. So I now mean, we're, yeah. we're going nearly back. Yeah, yeah. We're here now and we're talking about mimicking our forefathers back in the 40s. Yes, we are. That's what we we're are. doing now. We are. But like, uh, then again, like as we were talking about, there was no pedigree cattle involved in this at all. You just, he bought what he could find. It looked to be a good animal. He needed a new cow, so he went into the market and bought. And yep. um, hopefully he was lucky or he wasn't. It was all so beautifully sort of simple <laughs> yep. in those. Yes, it was very, very... Cruel in many ways. You, you yeah. got nothing unless you worked for it. Yeah. 
yeah. they never expected anything yeah. unless they did something, did it yeah. themselves. You know, there was no handouts, there was no grants or what you call subsidies, state subsidies for that. It, that hadn't come into it. Well, I always, oh, it I always believe the day subsidy came to farmers yeah. was like believing in the magician. Yeah, yeah. So the magician produced something out of his hand. Yes. And you said, my God, did he make that? How yeah. did he get that? Yeah. Well, I really believe the day they brought subsidies yeah. into farming, they, were, they believed in the yeah. magician yes, and they I shouldn't agree. have. I agree. They should have turned it, around it, and said, let's get real about yeah. what we're doing. There's, there's an awful thing in, in life is if you give something, somebody something for nothing. We have to wait on our, la our, our yeah. ladyship. Yeah. Good morning, how are you? Hello, We're bringing the MIG to your door in its entirety this morning. Is it a while ago since you've seen a cow walking by your door? It's not the day or yesterday. Well, she's, saying good, she's saying good morning to you now. Well, it's saying now you haven't seen this lady passing your door before. I think there used to be cows over in that field. Field, yeah. That's the problem. Of we enter the canyon that is Blackrock Village. High buildings on left and right send back to us the sounds of our passage. It makes us self-conscious. We become aware of how strange our small huddle must seem to those engaged in the affairs of the day. George's odyssey raises many eyebrows, for it is not often that a pedigree cow, or indeed any other sort of cow, ambles through the Saturday morning chores of Dublin Southsiders. This is the first time, really, that, that any uh, cow has come through here on foot. Anyway, maybe she's been brought in, but no, this is it. Um, imagine 40 of them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all running. They're beginning to to move at this stage yeah. now. They'd know where yeah. they were going. They'd they have were an idea where they were going. To. Get into the swing of the of the yeah. journey. Um, this is very quiet related now. Yeah. now. You know, there's not a lot of traffic this morning. It's very very similar. But the whole shape of this is just the same. The lady back there wants to know it's a protest. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely protest. It doesn't like to look at that. Good girl. This is where they 
they'd have to make sure they didn't get down this street down here, Bath Place, and they'll be heading off up for the back road. And generally speaking, now this would be one of the big points of the journey, and we're very glad to get through here. We'll still be very early in the morning, and there wouldn't have been any traffic. no fancy uh, coffee shops in those days. So I thought this, this would have been still here in Rourke's. So we're getting a few strange stairs, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, I are bound to. the ladies in the hairdressing yes. salon now and they're just wondering. They're just wondering, yeah. They're, they'd be on their way, you know, and you, could, you wouldn't want they, they to stop. They a bit of a gallop up here. Uh, they, through, yeah, through they, the come, they come through here fairly well. Yeah, because they're corralled in here. Yes, and there wouldn't be too many places they go, and there's no grass, do you yes. see? So this wouldn't, no distractions. Yes. So, really. So, Joe, that's the, the route ahead there. Straight ahead. Yeah. I think we'll walk on now when we get a break. Yeah. Yeah, we will. Oh. Good girl, come on. Come on. Good girl. No, come on, come on. Yeah. No. No. Did you find the cow? Yeah, come on. Is that or is it? Somebody yeah. said the cow looks off its head. I thought oh, no, it that's the breed. That's, you know? No, that's the breed of the cow. But if you, if you that's, that, yeah, that's a Holstein. So it's a Frisian Holstein. A Frisian and it comes from a, a place called Baldonnel. Baldonnel, that's up where the yeah, airport, upper, is. Upper airport is. Yeah, right. yeah. And, uh, the yeah, yeah. And the diners. No. So she did. Doesn't she travel well as well? In the trailer? Yeah. You know, some of them don't travel that well. Some of them get very irritable in themselves and start a, a sweat up and they start moving yeah. in the box. But that one travels. Tired of oh, yeah. You see, she can rest now and just take a break. No. Okay, Pen. No. Good girl. Yeah. 
Oh, that's how you inspect the little inspection place. And we tie them that side always on the trailer so that we have the door near them, particularly when there's one on her own. There's normally no two or three would go with her. But when she's on her own, we have her that she's this side. So, but she's, she's well able for it. She knows, she knows the routine well, doesn't she? That doesn't often happen to me. I pretend I don't have one. Well, is this the girlfriend or is it John Kane, yeah, John Kane. I'm fine, fine. We're, we're, we're just here at uh, uh, on the, the back road, yeah. Here's Joe, here's Joe, just a minute. How are you doing? Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. What's going on? We're in the, the trailer basically, and we're yeah. taking it along an old route that I used to walk 40 or 50 years ago. Oh, right. Making a documentary. Okay. Okay. Oh, right. For the day. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a few volunteers inside, actually, yeah. <laughs> a very old part of Dublin, this is. There's some change. He was talking about people that farmed here years ago over there and behind that black door. Some change, isn't it? Savage I think when Don, Ben Dunn came out here and started Dunn's stores in Cornell's Court, he didn't realise the changes he was going to make. Mm. Isn't she a very quiet cow? She is savage quiet, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. She, the, 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 when they're contented like that, they're not inclined to ball as much. And it's when they, they get lonely or they're looking to call out. And when we were in Black Rock, that was the story with her. She started to see herself. And she was wondering, is that me or is that something? And that's why she'd ball. So if you bring her in, reflect, see her own reflection, she'd get excited and start to ball to see if she get an answer back. And it's amazing to think that the cows all ball in the field. And you'd say to yourself and you'd walk in, sure, don't they all ball the very same way? But yet, each and every one of them know the difference of the ball. Right, yeah. And even you'd hear, hear them when they'd call out for their calf. The calf will identify the mother. She could be in amongst 60 cows. And that calf will run over and straight under the mother. She'll straight know the, off, the yeah. call, yeah, yeah. I think cows, they have a very gentle nature about them. And anything in, in, in life like that, that has a gentle nature or a, or a nice, easy being like that, I think you have to care more for them and think more about the care of them. And I think we are now today, in this modern time, we're looking to factory do things, we're looking to compile more, we're looking for more out of what we're doing, to do less and to get more. And I don't know, is that going to pay us at the end of the day? And maybe we should have stood more guard about what we had. And yeah, sure. walking and talking to that man today. Lovely. You're very good. Cheers, no problem. Take care. Uh, walking and talking with that man today, I think myself that we have let down our guard. And will we pay for that? Well, time will tell. I, I don't. I think we will pay for it. But that's that's what I see today, anyway. <clears throat> but it's amazing. I think any time you walk back in history, and history should be there to teach us how to go forward and what to do forward. But I think if we look at history of what we've done, I don't think we could hold our head, heads high. We are now on the final leg of our journey. 
On the way, we have generated much curiosity, and George has been surprised by the memories that his jaunt have awakened within him. None more so than when he happens upon his long-standing friend, John Kane, on the old Bray Road near Cabin Teeley. He doesn't like the Dublin walk. <laughs> Don't tell me that. I'll tell you what. And this was again on the, the, the pasture land was right beside the Alexander estate, isn't oh, yes, it? The, yes, the, the home of Lord and Lady Alexander. That's right, they were on the other side of the Wyatt Hill Road. And um, sort, sort of right about opposite. Is this, is this John? It is, yes. yes. So, um, yeah, there were, there were sort of neighbours. There's a man now that you're... Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't believe this is happening. It's happening. Well, this there. Thing, I haven't seen a cow on this road for a hundred years. <laughs> well done. Hello. This is John Kane. <laughs> right, she's been behaving exceptionally well. Absolutely. Uh, she lovely, isn't it? We yeah. haven't had to sweep up after yeah. her. Really? That's right. Yeah. It's only got, she's she's an accident waiting yeah. to happen. She's refused <laughs> Dublin water, though. She won't drink she's, Dublin she's, water. Yeah. She's well bred. Yes. Yeah. Well bred. Well, there are not yeah. too many cows around here now. No. I'd say when I was a kid, there were about 2,000. They were all yeah. dairy farms. There was two dairy farms here in Monalo. And uh, they used yeah. to milk the cows. Mm. Hand milk. Hand milk. Oh, yeah. Will you join yeah. us on the walk up the road here? Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah, 60 years ago. Yeah. Is that when, when uh, you were here uh, with your yeah. Yes, cattle? oh yes, that's yes. right. They all came out in 1946. Yeah, yeah. And that was some walk. You'd be, yeah. you'd be moving about 10 cows up to wherever you were going with Oh, them. no, 40. 40 cows. In one go? Yes, oh, yeah. They all came out And together. how about the trams and things? Oh, they were a problem. Well, we, came, we were talking about that earlier Surely on Surely you would have done it early in the morning. Oh, yeah. Six o'clock. Oh, six o'clock, yeah. yeah. But there's still the early tram, and it comes flying yeah. around and find a herd yeah. of cattle in front of it. Yeah, but it was quite common to see people moving well, cattle around this area well, anyway. Yeah, but I, I don't think... When they're going into market, they'd have them... Some of them are going into market, but there wouldn't be as many as that, I don't think. And uh, it was a major operation, you know, there's yeah. 40 of them going through Black Rock. You know, you yeah. had to have a lot of men and just to make sure they didn't do any damage and all that. But it was... It's just uh, sort of another... Era, yeah. and it's quite hard to visit George, just what it was like. Did you have much interaction with the Alexander estate then when you were, or your well, uncle at least? No, no, they were there as good neighbours and they, they just did uh, help each other whenever there was a, a necessity. I think she was a breeder of pedigree cattle. Well, she specialised in shorthorns. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And they won all before them yes. in the in the spring shows every year. Yeah, supreme champion was normal. She got into the grass again, yeah. I hope the grass is all right. There's plenty of natural growth in that. Yeah. She had this pedigree cow and or, and she had no she had no she had a pedigree animal going in I and mean, she had no cow. She came and borrowed a cow from my uncle. And he he, he I remember him saying, let's get that cow back. And said so casually, just losing it. So I went, oh, oh yeah, I'll give it to you next week. I'll give it to you. So when, when she went into the, the, the RDS and the animal was judged and all, then she came that she'd come over and get the, the cow back. She had one of your cows? She had one of our cows. Oh, was it a short horn? No, had... not at all. It was but only, only just a milk horn. Oh, yeah, but she wanted it just to feed it. Oh, I you know, see. it was yes, a calf. Yes, yes, and yes, and, yes. and uh, she, she'd know, what would you call milk? A cow that was delivering milk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and she had to come across and get one. And I remember, but he, he was so nice. My uncle sort of wouldn't ever sort of go over and say, hey, what about that? And we'd just sort of let it go. It was one of the things you did for a neighbor. and She'd do the same for him, perhaps, in another way. But uh, everybody was so interwoven there that you couldn't, they helped each other an awful lot. It was a different time. Uh, the people, people would, they, well, they weren't so self-sufficient. If you during like. the war, she was on her own. Yes, yeah, yes her husband, right. her yeah. husband was. Um, yeah. He was a colonel, and he was yeah. in London. Yeah. He had been in the First World War, and he was in London, helping to demolish dangerous buildings. The army were responsible yeah. for a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and then the son was in. Um, in the desert, he was in the Rommel. Desert. Yeah, yeah, he was mm. Lord, uh, yeah. No, he was the son now, Dennis. Yes, Dennis, yeah. Dennis, yeah. yeah. And that was the son by our first marriage. Yeah, but he was Lord Alexander of Tunis, wasn't he? No, that was the general. That was the so field marshal. The field yeah. marshal. Uh, that was the, that was her that was her uh, husband's brother, who was the famous field marshal yes. of of, of Tunis. Fourth, he was the major general coming up through Italy at that time. That's right. With Patton, I think, and that lot. Yeah. We have steered Baldonnel Cherry along the old trail from Merion as far as we can travel today. Cabantili village has become our premature trailhead. We have run out of road. Past here, the N11 becomes a fast dual carriageway that swiftly transforms itself into a motorway. It is no safe place for either man or cow. We decide to return these roads to their owners, the ones who stampede past us, ruled by patterns of satellites and not by stars. But we have come far today and the trail has been dusty. Like cowpokes of old, with the herd safely delivered, we hit the saloon and belly up to a cold beer. This morning at about uh, we start our walking at maybe about half nine or quarter past nine. That's been it's been a longish trip. George has been talking since then. George has been talking. George is thirsty. Um, Cherry is thirsty. We're all thirsty at this stage. I yeah, think we, we'd yeah. go to um, uh, the Silver Tassie maybe. Where yeah. was the Silver Tassie? Was what then? That was Jordan's Pub. Jordan's Pub, and that would have yeah. been at the Big Tree, is it? No, no. no. The, the Silver Tassie is now. And his, and his team then, would they have gone into Jordan's for a, for a refreshment now? That would be after, yeah. yeah. But as they? John said, it's very important, the, the, the big tree. At that point, you had to turn them up into, uh, into Wildfield. And Wyatt they went yeah. up there. And, uh, and then, oh yes, then it was great. You know, they put in. There wasn't much to be done after that. They'd be milked in the evening, of course, and there'd be a man out there and stay out. Oh, we're down to Jordan's. Say farewells. Yeah. Come on. Bye now. Say farewell. Bye. 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 B
Well, here we are, George. Journey's end. Yes, yes, this is the place where Silver it would ended. And they'd be waiting for the bus to come around the corner, and having a couple of pints, perhaps three before that. But three wouldn't be long about going down at that hour of the day. And Cherry has gone uh, back to Ch Kildare now. Cherry's gone back. The and, rain is starting. It's sleeting yeah. outside. Yes. Oh, it, was, it was the right kind of day, only for it was a little cooler than usual. And there's probably only one thing we can do now for the afternoon. Stay yeah. here, have a few. Yes. Should we drink to that? I no. should drink to that. <laughs> the last cattle drive on the N11. Last cattle drive on Dublin 4. That's it, yes.